0: Hey, baseball's in full swing, and you can be part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments, just instant cash, instant gratification. Why wait until the end of the season to get paid when you can win huge prizes every day? At DraftKings, it's like a brand-new season every time you play. Just pick two pitchers, pick eight position players, and pick up your cash. That's it. Ask Peter from Colorado. Last year he won a million dollars in one day simply playing fantasy baseball at DraftKings. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings. Now it's your turn. New contests start daily, so hurry to DraftKings.com right now. That's DraftKings.com and use promo code Snyder, S-N-I-D-E-R to play for free in today's $10,000 fantasy baseball contest. DraftKings.com official partner of Major League Baseball. Enter Snyder that's S-N-I-D-E-R like I'm Snyder than you for free entry now at DraftKings.com DraftKings.com That's DraftKings Dot .com do it let's play Greetings from abroad. Not abroad. Well, at one time I may have been considered abroad. But no, abroad as in overseas. I am on the road, uh, but not in the traditional rock touring mode. I am uh, I'm doing select dates with Twisted Sister and some solo shows all throughout Europe. And um, in between, because they're mostly on weekends and not even every weekend, I'm uh, doing a little vacationing. With my wife Suzette, some of you may know from various reality shows, uh, and uh, my daughter Cheyenne's along for the ride with her buddy. Um, so uh, I am uh, I am sitting in a hotel room uh, in Nice, uh, and uh, I am recording this show to keep some degree of consistency going with my podcast Snyder Comments. Um, Traveling, you may hear some noise in the background from time to time uh, because we're right on a main road. But I've got my little Porto uh, recording booth with me, which is uh, pretty choice. Get to do my uh, weekly radio show, The House of Hair. Some of you may be aware of it, or not aware of it. Uh, you can find it if you go online to houseofhaironline.com. You can find the one of the 220 stations in the country in North America broadcasting my weekly syndicated show. Been on for over 18 years now, and has recorded the 924th show, I believe. So, uh, and for those who don't know what the House of Hair is, it's a tribute, it's a show. It's a tribute show to old school metal, the best of the 70s, 80s, early 90s, hair bands and heavy metal with me all amped up out of my brain on caffeine because that's what that music does for me. So you go, GD, why do you sound so much different when you do the House of Hair? Because I'm playing metal! And I get kind of like crazy, you know, so and that's more of a DJ thing anyway so back to what's going on so yeah I've been on the road since I last spoke to you started in, uh, in New York uh, where we did a show uh, for AJ uh, AJ Piero, my late drummer from Twisted Sister uh, we did a, uh, a show to, uh, to raise money for his family because right now due to poor estate planning thanks a lot AJ um, is, uh, all the money in the estate is tied up and there's nothing they can do about it to get any money to his kids, to his longtime girlfriend and whoever else is deserving. Um, so the only way to get him any money besides lend it outright, which of course there has been helpful in that area, um, is to do a, a benefit where we, as to his sister, controlled the rights to uh, give the money wherever we wanted to. We had a great show at the Starland Ballroom in New Jersey. Um, just really awesome and just a great moment uh, mem- remembering A.J. And we raised quite a bit of money to help out his family, which was cool. But then I jumped on a plane, headed to London, where I spent a few vacation days with the family, uh, doing what most vac- vacationers do, shopping. Whatever happened to sightseeing? I don't, I don't know. We we went to the Tower of London, saw that a little bit. Uh, other than that, it was mostly just walking around various uh, shopping centers. as well. this guess was with my wife and my daughter and her, her girlfriend. So uh, when I say girlfriend, I mean in the actual BFF sense, not the, um, she's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, jumped on a plane and I, and I went off to join Twisted. Uh, my family went to Paris. I went to join Twisted in, um, uh, where, where the hell did we play? We were in Norway and we were in Denmark. So we did two shows up there, two festivals. Uh, and then I flew back on Father's Day to Paris to meet up with my wife. Now, here's a little side story about that. Last time we were in Paris, there's this thing called the lock bridge where lovers and friends go and tradition has it. They go and they get a lock and they clip it onto the chain link fence going over this bridge over the – I think it's the, the Thames or Thames or Thames or whatever the river is that goes through Paris. I could be completely wrong on the river. It doesn't matter. It's a river, people. Let's not get, let's not get all picky here. Um, so – and I thought, wow, you know, Suzanne and I have been together such a long time, uh, 39 years since I met her. I would really like to do that next time we go to Paris. So knowing we were headed to Paris, uh, I went online and I found a double heart lock. And not only was it a double heart, it did not have a key. Once you locked it, it could not be opened. And I thought, this is really a great thing, symbolic of our love for each other, blah, 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 blah. I know it's hokey and romantic and all that stuff like that, but... But hell, you know, I mean, you got to keep the fires burning, right? So um, so um I get this lock, take it to an engraver, have it engraved, you know, Dean and Suzette forever, question mark, without the date we met and then an open-ended date as far as our relationship goes. And we met back in 1976. Um, so... Uh, Uh, when I was in the store getting engraved, they asked, why the question mark? I said, well, because I met my wife. She was 15, all right? She was my girlfriend then. So 15-year-old girls have these, like, silly little things that they do. uh, And uh, she said, you got to put a question mark at the end or else it jinxes you. Like, forever, question mark. Will it go on forever? So since 39 years ago, when I write forever, which, we, by the way, we spelled forever, E-V-A, because we're from, you know, New York, um, I put the question mark. Now that I'm 60, it, it's like ludicrous and stupid. But, you know, it's been working so far, I'm not jinxing it. You know what I'm saying? So um, I do the inscription, bring it over to Paris to find they have taken down the lock bridge. There were so many locks on the lock bridge. That they had to remove the fence because the weight of the locks was, and this, this, this lock bridge thing started about 10 years ago, apparently, in 10 years' time, was so heavy, the weight, that um, it was threatening to uh, bring the bridge down. And most people have keys. They either break the key off in the lock or, or just lock the lock and throw the key in the river. The rusting keys were actually polluting the river. So they remove the locked bridge. Uh, I'm not undeterred. I say we will find another bridge to show our love. And sure enough, you know, further down the river, there's another bridge where people have started, quite a few people have started putting locks on because we will not be stopped. Love, true love will not be stopped. Get to the bridge. Suzette is filming and uh, filming this moment, you know, and I'm putting the lock on. So I got the lock ready, get it looped through the chain link. And it's actually a very, it's not even a chain link. It's a very tight link fence. And, um, I get it on there and I'm ready to close it. And I say, Hey, you know, symbolically, we should probably kiss as I lock this lock, you know, so I know, you know, so she kisses me. I press the lock closed and I missed the hole in the damn lock. So now it is locked permanently. Remember, I said there's no key to open it in an open position. So here I'm thinking, you know, symbolically, I'm going to take the question mark off of the question, closing the lock forever. Forever the question mark will be removed. In true, I don't know, style of our relationship, the big question mark, will it last? Always was. Will it last? 39 years later, I'm still not sure, people. I'm still not sure. I can't guarantee 40. Seems good, but you never know. And, um, I mislock the lock. So it is now on the new lock bridge in an unlocked position. Someone could, if they were to like dig through the locks and look at it, they could see that the lock is not locked and remove it, which I doubt anybody will. But, um, my wife thinks this is hysterical. I went through a lot of trouble to screw this up and, um, you know but um i think that's like i said i think that in the spirit of our relationship and the years we've been together and you know that you should never be too confident this is a this is a hint to uh, all couples out there of any kind okay married dating engaged straight gay whatever never take your relationship for granted it is not a sure thing it is constantly evolving. It needs to be constantly evolving, constantly changing, and you need to grow and change with it. Stuff is going to happen on the road of the relationship. That's going to just change the game completely, and if you aren't flexible enough, that things will come apart. I mean, a case in point, my, my wife's brother was murdered on the streets of Manhattan. This was a game changer for my wife. It rocked her world. And threatened our relationship um, could have easily come apart. I hung on for dear life. It, in my mind, the phrase for better, for worse went through. I kept saying, I'm guessing this is the for worse part because this is just horrible. There's no, it, it's not a rational situation, it's a purely emotional one. My wife went through a depression, obviously. Um, and, uh, but we made it through. But uh, it is not a guarantee. So keep that question mark at the end of your relationship. Always realize it is a question mark, and uh, you'll be better for it. All right. Going to take a break. Um, when I come back, you know, since I'm on the road, I, do a, I, have, I have equipment with me to do interviews, but I didn't have one for this week. I'm not right now at a festival or something where I could grab one. I said, well, what am I going to talk about? I was thinking about it, and I decided to po- pose the question to my Twitter followers. What do you want me to talk about? And then, you know, I forgot that I posed a question. Um, I came up with an idea to do war stories, uh, and which I will do in the future. I've got some great stories to share. And, um, but I went on my Twitter feed and I saw a whole boatload of questions from you guys. So since you, if you were kind enough to respond to my request, I am going to be uh, gentleman enough to answer the questions you posed. Okay, so war stories will be saved for another time, and that'll be worth tuning in for, by the way. That'll be a multi-part series. I got a lot of war stories. And they're not the, I got a blowjob. You know, no. I wasn't that guy. Didn't get high. Didn't do drugs. Most of mine are about violent situations, which, um, uh, which, you know, are uh, uh, pretty interesting stories, but anyway, it's another time. So I'll take a break, come back, and I'm going to get to your questions, things you thought I should talk about on uh, uh, on Snyder comments. So stick around. Welcome back to Snyder Comments. Yeah, I'm Dee Snyder, and. Uh, Thank you so much. Those of you who have been tuning in regularly, sharing, spreading the word uh, on my new podcast, um, thank you for that. Uh, here's the reality of doing a new podcast. There's no money in it. Zero. There's potential money if things go, but you've got to kind of believe in your worth and that people are interested in what you have to say. Um, so uh, I am you know, doing this because I love the format. I love the forum. And I love the opportunity to do uh, talk radio in a contemporary way. So uh, I want to thank you for tuning in. Um, People, uh, I've I've got an email address. It's um, SnyderComments at gmail.com. And and also the Twitter handle is at SnyderComments. I'm um, at the Snyder. And by the way, Snyder is an adjective. It's not a proper noun. Alright, so um you know, it's, it's, it's not S-N-Y or S-N-E-I. There's like a gazillion spellings of my last name. I'm Snyder than you are. It's S-N-I-D-E-R. D-Snyder. Okay, so Snyder comments, Snyder with an I. Alright, so going to Twitter. Going to Twitter. Um, the, like I said, the questions ranged. Okay, so um I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go here and um and i'm i'm not, so we the, well, the first one that came in from this uh sweetest pie uh he again this is you know the his uh twitter handle um this guy you know he took the opportunity to fire off a gazillion questions uh his first one was just uh, avoid talking about Greece and the euro uh understandably you know i don't know i know a little bit about a lot. But I don't know enough to talk in depth about something as serious as what's going on in Greece, the Grecian economy, and the euro, and just the country going into bankruptcy and the craziness. I've been to Greece. It's a wonderful country, a beautiful country. But I will say this. Okay? This may be angering to some Greeks. This is just an observation. All right? Again, keep this in mind. Is this... A person's observation. I'm not passing judgment. I'm giving my observation. I'm entitled. All right? People, I've I've been doing radio for a long time, and I'll say things like, I hate the Grateful Dead. Good God, you would have think I personally killed Jerry Garcia. All right? I mean, the way my phones would blow up and the, the comments I'd get, how dare you? I'm like, you know, the Grateful Dead... I've, I've broken up or whatever it had but I was talking about back when we were together my opinion had clearly zero effect on the band it doesn't matter what i think i hate golf i hate golf i think it's just a, a just a waste of space all right golfers get crazy when i say that why it's like a huge sport my opinion has zero effect yeah, the phones would blow up. If I had phones right now, they'd be blowing up. How dare you hey, hate, really? Just Dee Snyder. So relax, people. Okay. Just, so this, I'm just saying that I've been to Greece a few times as a tourist, as a performer, great audiences, great people, great country. I go, I've been back multiple times because I love it that much. Okay. It's wonderful. I will say that i sometimes think the more industrious of the grecian people moved out i'm just saying the greeks in america are some of the hardest working people you would ever want to meet it's just it's just you know industrious is it's three o'clock. thank you computer Industrious does not even, it doesn't do the word industrious justice when describing the Greeks I know in America. You go, oh yeah, they own all the diners. They own a lot more than that. Okay? Coming to Greece, I don't see, on the surface, the same level of industriousness. All right, I'm going to move on. Just saying Okay. Um, uh, Sweetest Pie is is piling on the questions here. Uh, Are we going to come to Buckinghamshire on our tour? No, Twisted Sister is is, is not touring. Okay. So uh, this is not, we're not going to hit. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, I marvel at the Scorpions. They announced their retirement and a three year tour. Okay. They're going to hit every city in the world to say goodbye. Hey, God bless them. You know, you're going out, you have a lot of fans. Scorpions are international sensation. They're one of those bands that just is another level. Three years of touring. Touring! And they announce, yeah, we've changed our minds. We're going to stay together. Bullshit! This is classic, classic getting attention. I call it ripping off the fans. I mean, you know, we buy the T-shirt, we shed the tears, Uh, you know, you make the big announcement. But Klaus Meiner, he's committed. He's going to make sure every hair falls off his head before he actually leaves the stage. Okay, so I'm I'm just saying, we're not on a tour. Ten shows this year for Twisted Sister. um, I'm doing about, uh, I think, about 12 solo shows. Um, Then... We're talking about 2016. there's nothing in the books for 2016, and I promise you it's going to be uh, if, it, if it's three shows, I'll be surprised. There will not be a tour. So uh, it, I'm sorry if you have to travel to see us, uh, those who love us, but if we're anywhere within a 100-mile radius of you, uh, and you have uh, are of the mind to see the band before we call it a day, because we are calling it a day. As I've been saying, I want to eat, all right? I want to eat something. I'm on vacation, and I'm like, what do you do on vacation? You, you go visit places, and you, and, you, and you eat in different countries, experience food, and, and, and have a good time, and I'm like watching my weight because, you know, on Friday, I got to be back on stage in front of 50,000 people, and I don't want to look like a fat slob. I know that's in vogue now, but not for me. I'll, c- call me old school. Remember when the bands used to be thin? Whoops. Hitting my table, my ring. Uh, Remember when the bands used to be thin? Remember that? Remember when the bands were so skinny you thought they were going to die any minute? Ah, yes. Well, apparently that's uh, not a prerequisite anymore. Fair enough. We live in a new age. It's not PC. I, for one, want to go out there at least vaguely resembling, even though I'm not wearing a makeup, vaguely resembling the guy that people knew in the 80s. So I've got my hair. You know, I wear it pulled back all the time. Not on stage. Pull that pin. Let that thing explode. Let me tell you, it gets bigger. My wife says, my God, when you go on stage, it just keeps getting bigger. You know, it's, it's, there it is. And oh, it's blonde. I'm still, you know, I'm gray as a friggin' bastard underneath the blonde job, but nobody wants to see a gray D. Snyder. So I keep doing my damn roots. You're welcome. You're welcome. So anyway, uh, I want to, so, I want to eat. So, uh, you know, 2016, 40 years, and fuck it. is getting off stage. I'm stopping solo shows, and, uh, and I'm going to go enjoy life on another level. Because when I perform, I'm not one of those guys who enjoys life on the road. I'm not one of those guys who's fucking his way across the country. Um, you know, I'm not one of those guys who's getting high and going out to parties all the time, which is what makes the road fun in between shows. I'm the guy who's like, you know, saving his voice, watching what he eats, staying healthy, you know, doing everything for that 90 minutes on stage. So I'll promise you that 90 minutes, as exciting as that 90 minutes is on stage, the other 22 and a half hours in every day are boring as fuck. They're tedious and long and lonely. And I make my own misery. I know that. I sit there in my room just like getting ready for the shows and, but I just want to do a great show. You know, I just want to give you guys, it's so rare that you see us. I want to make sure it's great. All right. So anyway, um, so that's, uh, that's the, the that's the deal as far as, you know, waiting. You know, Cause I get a lot of these texts, you're coming to this town, you're coming to that town, come down here, come down there. No, we might odds are we won't when you're only doing three shows. It's like winning the lottery uh you know if you're a twisted fan okay um so uh last question from sweetest pie who uh took as sweetest pie won, i guess who took the time to write so many and some are pretty good says why is there no metal in the uk anymore all old school bands are releasing new songs except metal bands and this is exactly why twisted sister has not done new music because nobody even knows about it Sweetest pie, that's actually a stupid question to ask. There is tons of new music being released by old school bands. Most of the old school bands are releasing new music. It gets no radio airplay. It gets no television attention. It gets no press, maybe, you know, classic rock magazine or something, all right? And it gets no attention, and nobody even knows about it. It's heartbreaking to put you're all into new music to have it completely ignored by the general public. So look a little harder, and you'll see that all of your bands, with the exception of Twisted Sister, are releasing new music. Um, Speaking of new music, I'm actually releasing a new song for free download. Um, It's going to be coming out any day. It's called To Hell and Back. Uh, it's for my solo project, which is calling the, my, my shows to hell and back, uh, co-written by me and Nick Perry, my guitar player in my solo band. And um, why? Well, you know, Nick is a young gun, and he inspired me to try and write some new stuff. Um, and uh, But knowing the marketplace, and this is something I'll get into in a little more in this conversation, knowing the marketplace, I uh, said, look, you know, let's just give it away because – Otherwise, no one will even know about it. So it'll be available on my website any day now. Uh, if not, when you're listening, it might even be up there already um, it, uh, at dsnider.com. And then uh, hopefully there'll be links at all. It's going to be available for linking up to all the festivals and magazines and everybody to share and enjoy new music uh, recorded by D. Snyder uh, to Helen Back. Which will be playing which my solo band will be playing as part of our live set live set by the way for my solo band's it got to be twisted music but there's going to be there's some widow maker music who's widowmaker yeah desperado who the hell's desperado these are two ill-fated projects um, that uh, I made music with and some people my my core fans are aware of them and uh, I, I want other people to be aware of them so, um, yeah, so there's some of that. There's some covers in there, too. Some surprise covers uh, in, the show, in the set as well. And of course, your twisted sister favorites in the D. Snyder show. So, um, uh, sweetest pie. I am playing in Wales. I know that. So, you might want to get on a train and get your ass to Wales. That's coming in, uh, I don't know. Look, look on my website. All the dates are there, okay? All right. Moving on to somebody else's question. Um, uh, here's uh, Noir Bruce. Well, I guess it would be Bruce Noir. I don't know. Uh, said, just said that really like the podcast. It would be awesome if I had AA official. That's asking Alexandria on the show. Uh, this is a band uh, that I'm friends with, Ben and Danny Worsnop. I, I know Danny's got his own thing going on. So in the future, you can expect me to have these guys when the stars align because my schedule and their schedule is tough to to you know connect sometimes. But uh, you can expect to hear them on the show. Oh, here's a very uh, a political question coming in from coming in from uh, coming in from Sixtra, okay? And it says, "What would Europe look like with U.S.'s gun laws?" Now, this is a this question is is a loaded question, no pun intended. But I fear no question. I am a pro-amendments guy. I say pro-amendments because I don't pick and choose amendments. I'm in favor of all of them, the U.S. amendments. So you know I fought for the first amendment, censorship, very pro. Okay? Uh, I'll fight for the second amendment. I'm a gun guy. I'm pro-gun. And uh, I'm pro-choice. Above all else, the right to bear arms, the right freedom of speech, the right to have an abortion if you want one. These are choices, and people should be allowed to choose for themselves. We shouldn't be told what choice to make. Anti-pro-abortionists uh, don't say to uh, anti-abortionists. I don't like calling them pro-life because that imp- implies that, we're, that people who are pro-abortion are not pro-life. I have plenty of kids. And grandkids, to prove it. Okay? I'm pro-choice. So people who are, are anti-choice, the pro-choices don't tell the anti-abortionists, you have to give up your children. It's your choice. It's your right. And we respect it. Okay? So, and the same goes uh, on, the, on the subject of guns. I am pro-gun. But I am not anti-gun regulations. I don't think it should be the wild west, and I've got a concealed carry permit uh, in my home state of Nevada. Okay, um, so I'm in favor, but I'm not, I am uh, I am in favor of uh, of gun laws. I'm in favor of keeping a respect a perspective on the use, you know, home protection as opposed to uh, assault weaponry. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely I'm I'm. I'm definitely in favor of gun control, okay? Not banning it. Now, this said, I fully understand why gun advocates fight tooth and nail against any inc- in- infringement, any encroachment. Remember I tell you, I don't know what the word of the day is going to be, guys. I'm feeling like encroachment might be, but uh, you're going to get the dictionary out. All right, But any encroachment on the Second Amendment, this is the same reason why people who are anti-censorship anti-cens- fight so hard against any form of censorship, why pro-choicers, pro-ab- pro-abortion people fight against any regulations limiting the right to abortion. The reason is, and it's all the same, how can they all be the same? It comes down to this, it's fear that if you open that door, that people who are don't want you to have guns, people who don't want you to have the right to have an abortion, people who don't want you to be able to speak freely will use that as a wedge to further pass further laws and continue to limit and limit and limit our freedoms and ultimately take those freedoms away from us. And history bears us out. So as a person... Who is pro freedom of speech, pro guns, pro abortion? I understand why all three of these groups fight tooth and nail against any kind of thing. Because you say, you know, the pro abortionists, well, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you in favor of limiting late term abortion, you know, when babies nearly fell? I agree with that wholeheartedly, but I understand why they fight it. Because anti abortionists will. Slowly widen that 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 crack in our in that, that they that they made there. Just as anti gun people will slowly widen that crack in the Second Amendment, and and you know you you follow where I'm going with this. Think it through. This is why we why they all fight tooth and nail. And again, it's understandable because. Historically, that's what people who want to limit our freedoms do. They start with – because they can't get you – know, they can't take our freedoms. And they start with a little – like, well, what about if we just modify slightly? And you go, um, okay, well, all right. I guess it's okay if we put a limit there. And then you know, all of a sudden it's all, well, we want to you know, – what about this adjustment and that adjustment? And slowly but surely, they chip away at our freedoms – undermine our freedoms, and then ultimately take them away from us. So um, what would Europe look like with the U.S.'s gun laws? The limiting of gun access in various countries around the world, in England, in Australia, where they implemented Harsh gun laws, after a huge, um, after a huge uh, slaughter a number of years ago, and everybody thought, you know, has had a has had a positive effect on crime. It's just it's documented, and if you're screaming at the at the podcast, going, "You're wrong! Do you wrong?" it's just look it up. It's proven out. That it cuts back on murder, the murder rate and it cuts down on, on the th- things we see. When you've got cops in England who do not walk around with guns, trust me, they're not accidentally shooting black men. All right? Or, or deliberately. When it's not an option taken out of your hands, it just by its own nature going to cut things down. And the, you know, there's the old thing when you take away guns from the regular people, the only people who have, will have guns are the outlaws, you know, with criminals. And it's true to that. You know, uh, the criminal element, and I know a lot of them, uh, are, 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 are gunned up. You know, and they don't have to go through the rigmarole that I went through or many people go through. Because originally I got my permit uh, gun in in New York, where it's just it's unbelievable. We have to go through the background check. I meanwhile, the criminals I know, you know like I said, they're 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 gunned up. They're all good. They have enough, they've, they've, they've got them all, and they're, they've you know, and they're there. They have access to them. But it is proven out historic again historically that. When it, that when gun laws do go in effect, they do cut back on the murder rate and accidental deaths from from guns or deliberate gun, deliberate deaths from guns. Um, right, now, how people people are going? How the hell do you you're talking out both sides of your mouth? Well, you know, to me, very little in this world is black and white. One of the great realizations in my life was at a certain point you realize that it's shades of gray, and uh, you just you hang on. For dear life, and you hope to look try to get the the, cl- the lightest shade of gray you can, because very little in life in the world is black and white, and those people out there screaming it is it's all or nothing yeah, well you're not being rational and you're not being uh, uh, you're not being honest and y- yeah if you want to uh pretend that it's black and white, that's all yes or no answers if you want to be you know extreme left or extreme right um yeah. In your world of black, it will be black and white to you. That's because you are choosing not to look. But for the majority of us, and the majority of us are in the middle, uh, and the majority of us are trying to make our way through life, making the best choices we can. Uh, I speak for those people. Um, we're not the loudest group. It's always the, the, the extremists on either end who are loudest. Ones in the middle, we're just kind of trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, it's 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 gray, and shades of gray, and you try to pick the lighter shade of gray and make the best choice you can. Okay, all right. Um, so okay, now on to the next question. Next question is uh, this one came from Talking Bollocks, and it was actually a number of questions um, in, in this in this arena, uh, and uh, Claire D was another one. Uh, And this is about Taylor Swift doing what no rock, metal, country, rap, jazz, blues, DJ, boy band could do. And she got the industry to change their position on paying the artist. And uh, and I said, you know, what do I think about that? Well, there are few artists who have the clout to do that. And it is great when those artists stand up for those who can't defend themselves. But as what often happens and Taylor Swift is one of those artists um, what often happens is that these artists, who are richer than God, um, get a, a, a negative backlash. and that is also one that somebody mentioned that as well, that they you know, like they're, they're greedy. They want it all. They're richer than God, and they want to be richer than that. Um, that's not the point, okay? Metallica with the Napster thing—they got slammed for uh, fighting for the artist's right, for their right to uh, get the royalties that they deserve. Okay, I say deserve. Let me put this in perspective for you, okay? Because there's this idea that we, you know, the artists, you know, have uh, enough money. Like, there's some, somebody out there, uh, the fans, especially uh, down, free downloading fans, uh, many of them have decided, like, you have enough. They have no idea what our finances are. They assume certain things about us, but they really don't know. To say, oh, Dee Snyder, you have enough um, – I've been through two bankruptcies. I lost everything. Um, I don't blame anybody for that loss. I screwed up. Uh, You know, I I spent money like a rock star. And when the money stopped coming in, uh, our career, Twisted's career, wasn't as long-lasting as I thought it would be. We say 40 and fuck it, but as far as the the royalty-bearing money-making years for uh, selling records and stuff, it was a short window. Uh, But I thought it wouldn't end. And I, and I spent money uh, at, a, at, a, at an insane rate. Okay, my bad. Fair enough. But I lost it all. And then I fought and clawed and, and I've been struggling and working my ass off to make to come back. And I'm doing really well again. But i hate to have somebody say, okay, you've, you have enough now. Because um, I don't think I do. And, uh, and, and I'm working my ass off for the money I have. But let me put it in terms that that maybe uh, are clearer to you know you the, uh, the listener viewer or non musician say you buy lottery tickets as many of you do what is the hope when you buy lottery tickets that you win is it that you win the $100 prize or the $500 prize or the 1000 or the 10000 well yeah you'll take whatever you can get but what are you really dreaming of you're dreaming of winning the grand prize, the mega millions, the whatever they call it, the, the, it's not called speedball, whatever they call that, that, you know that interstate crazy prize, okay? The ones that's not tens of millions, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. The odds of you winning are slim and none. Yet, many of you continue to go in week after week, day after day, Buying tickets, hoping and praying. If you did win, should anybody be allowed to say to you, well, hold it a second, you won enough money? We're not going to give you all that money. Yeah, you won the Powerball. That's the word, Powerball. But it's $345 million. You don't need $345 million. Well, we're going to give you, we're going to limit how much you can win. No! It's the lottery! That's the game. That's the gamble. That's you played. You took a chance. You put some money of your own on the line, money you probably shouldn't be spending on lottery tickets, and you won. And there should be no limit to the money you win because you won. Well, endeavoring to be a rock star or musician or an athlete, let's go in another field that's, you know, or an actor it's like playing the lottery. It truly is. The odds of winning, the odds of succeeding, the odds of becoming that guy, of making that or that girl, that money and having that stardom are slim and none. And we take a chance. Many of us don't do, we we sacrifice our future by not doing and going to school, going to college, or learning a trade or anything, in the faint hope that we might win that lottery and be that star. And those of us that do, good God, um, against all odds, we make it through, and at different levels, just like the lottery. Some win hundred bucks, some a thousand, some a hundred thousand, some three hundred forty-five million. But no one should say we 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 bought our ticket and we took a chance. And a matter of fact, it's more than buying a ticket. It's working your ass off, sacrificing your life, sacrificing uh, uh, sacrifice your life. I missed the first year of my son's life nine months out of the first year he was alive, at a time where I didn't have money for phone calls. We were over in Europe trying to make it. My son's born, and I have to leave to go go to Europe. Nine months of the first year of his life. I'll never get that back. That was that sacrifice, okay? No one should be able to say to me, I've made enough money. It's the lottery. I spun the wheel, and I fucking won. You know what? I didn't win as much as I had hoped I'd win, but I won. So, uh, by the way, I just want to say, in the case of Taylor Swift, um, she didn't exactly sacrifice uh ever see swift trucking big semis yeah that's her dad's company and they she's she's a rich kid uh who parents uh bought her the best of everything paid for a studio paid for the paid for the best musicians brought in the top songwriters she has songwriters and you know and so i mean she didn't actually do, go the metallica way good god metallica they, did, they They, went. They fought the fight. They, they, they refused to give in on any level, and uh, and they earned every dollar. As Laura sits there looking at his multi-million dollar picture collection, smoking his Jatan cigarettes, God bless him. He earned it. All right, I'm going to take a break. Uh, come back. I think I have a chance for uh, a couple more questions, and um, uh, and uh, and, and uh, well, that's it. So stick around for more Snyder Comments. Welcome back to Snyder Comments. This week I am answering Twitter questions um, that you put out there for me when I asked, hey, what should I talk about on this week's show? Um, and, uh, you know, and, um, and you were kind enough to send in a whole boatload of questions. Um, so, and I, you know, and, uh, so I'm trying to answer some of them. Uh, I think it's kind of nice to do this from time to time and see if uh, talking about something you want. Uh, a couple people said I need to get Barack Obama on the show. Uh, Juan B. Sabor. I would love to get Barack Obama, on a sh- Barack Obama on a show. I am a Barack Obama fan. That's right, I am. I think the guy gets does not get the credit he deserves. As our co- economy continues to grow and grow and grow, uh, I'm not going to get ultra-political, but um, I think the guy behaved nobly and did the best he can in a heinous a, a, a governmental situation. Meaning the political system we have, its just it's just a mess. With people just voting things down just because it's not your party. There's no intelligence that I can see coming out of Washington, D.C. There's both sides. If your side's for it, I'm against it. And then someone on their side will be for it, and then they're for it. I mean, the exact same thing. You know, we all know that the uh, Obamacare uh, was was a was a Republican mandate originally. What's his name from Massachusetts? Uh, based on his uh, his the stuff that he developed. God, I forgot his name. He's run for president like 17 times. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, and, you know, and, and, it was based on the work he did, but the minute it was a Democrat putting it forward, it was no good. So, you know, and, and it's, it's frustrating as hell as an American, as a patriot, and I am a patriot. I am American to see this going on. I think people are just sick to death at this inf- of the, to death of this infighting that's going on in Washington. And it's so disheartening and it makes us feel hopeless. But I saw something that made me feel a lot better. It's a movie, Lincoln. If you haven't seen it, watch it for th- if this. Besides, it's a great film, amazing film. Uh, this uh, reason alone, to watch our government in action back in the 1800s, during the time of the Emancipation, Emancipation Proclamation, which Lincoln was trying to get through, it was just as fucked up then as it is now. The same crazy-ass bullshit going on, the same... Backdoor politics, manipulations, people being paid off, um, you know, uh, I'm losing, the, uh, lacking the words for when you give people jobs uh, in, for for their vote on things. Uh, it was just a mess. And the Emancipation Proclamation is something that's viewed as one of the great moments in history, one of the great laws, okay, the freeing of the slaves, giving the slaves the vote. I, again, I, I, you know, you probably said, it wasn't about freeing the slaves, whatever, It was, in detail. We know it's something to do with slavery. Um, It was was forced through. It was gotten through pretty much illegally. Lincoln's actions were completely disreputable. The great Lincoln. Um, For the greater good, a phrase that I can't stand, and that's why I couldn't be a politician, because I just can't work with that, for the greater good. Um, But all sorts of manipulations were done, and the thing barely made its way through. And the t- country was in an uproar and still divided the North and the South. This is all about around the Civil War and stuff, you know, this is around that time. So, um, yet, uh, watching it, I said, Well, it's no better now, but at least it's not worse. It's the same crazy shit. And the same crazy shit was going on, uh, and you could go back further. You look at Roman politics. Read anything. You see readings or talk, people talking about politics in general throughout history. It has been fucked up. The fact is, if you want to be a politician, you shouldn't be allowed. You shouldn't be allowed to be a politician. Because 99% of the people who want to be politicians want to be politicians for the wrong reason. I don't believe they want to help. I believe they want their opinion, to matter on a level beyond what it should matter. Not as one voice, as being a, a dominant voice, a decision-making voice. They want to have influence on the world. And you say, well, that's is that a bad thing? No, but not if you have the greater good in mind. The minute you start with Bipartisanship. Bipartisanship? Well, you start being that politicized that, you know, well, I'm this or I'm that, so I'm not voting for your situation no matter how much sense it makes. You're done as far as I'm concerned. You are not should not be in politics. If you can't look at a, something proposed and vote on its value by its merits, hey, this makes sense and you can't support something that makes sense just because it makes sense, then you should be thrown out of office. You should not be allowed. All right? I'm ranting. Politically. How did that happen? All right. Well, that was was people saying I should have uh, Barack Obama. Um, Marco said, um, green. I don't know if he means I want to talk about the color green. Not a big fan. Uh, Or... Green as a movement, big fan of green. This said, I am uh, I, I I am loathed by green people for my, my H two Hummer, my muscle cars, my choppers, my motorcycles. Everything I own runs on hoctane, uh, high octane fuel, and are are, are gas guzzlers. Um, it is my weakness, should I say? I, it, it is. It is my guilty pleasure. I love cars. I love muscle cars. I love big motors. I love speed. And I love all that stuff. So I do try to make up for it in every other way I can. I'm really committed to recycling. <laughs> really, I am. I am. I even like with my H2 Hummer, which is just a, a, a nightmare uh, of, a, of a car. You know, it's you know, ten miles to the gallon. You know, ten point one. Ten point one. And, and you know, and as my brother said, you know, your car gets shit gas mileage when you actually go to the point one. To so say it gets ten point one, you know, not ten, 10 it's ten point one, you know, tenth of a point more. Um, but I actually went as far as to pay for my footprint, my carbon footprint, for one of these charitable organizations. Uh, I, I paid for it because I felt guilty. It didn't stop me from buying it, but I did pay for the, my carbon footprint uh so I, i'm a i'm a bit I'm in favor of green, even though my cars uh scream otherwise all right um I'm trying to see a last question uh the Van Halen feud heated up again this week. This is from jeff Churchill uh would love your take on it well this Van Halen question has come up in my discussions about who is a band member who's not a band member who has the right to say they are. In the band, and uh, I'm a fan of both uh of both David and Sammy. They both brought very different things to the table and they and I believe that the two van Halens Van Hagar as some call the the latter one um were two different bands, and they probably would have been better served to change their name, kind of like um uh you know kind of like you know, when uh, Chris Cornell joined the guys in Rage Against the Machine. You know what I mean? They didn't call it Rage, and they didn't call it Soundgarden. Okay? They, just, they went with a new name. So, I mean, and so, you know, uh, and, and I think, and they, and they did great. And listening to them, you could say, because it really wasn't either Soundgarden or Rage Against the Machine. But it was a great band. And I think Van Halen with Sammy Hagar, uh, it wouldn't have hurt for them to go with a different name. But they didn't. They went with Van Halen. I, I applaud them uh, for not getting a David Lee Roth impersonator to, uh, for the new singer. They got a very different vocalist who brought something completely different to the table. And both bands have written incredible music. And they're both great. So the only singer for Van Halen who I shouldn't think we walk around going I'm the singer of Van Halen is Gary Sharon, and you don't, won't hear him. He's a he's, he proudly is a singer of extreme, but he really doesn't wave a flag about his one album in Van Halen. It wasn't a good time for Van Halen. As great a singer as Gary Sharon and great a frontman as Gary Sharon is, so uh, so you know uh, it's uh, the feud. Uh, the my big problem with Van Halen is the fact that Michael Anthony isn't playing bass. That just sucks. I mean, I have no idea. I can't imagine Michael Anthony doing anything to offend anybody. I've never met him, but he seems to be the nicest, most innocuous. There's the word, innocuous. Your word for the week on Snyder comments is innocuous. The most innocuous person that you'd want to meet. And yet they just dropped him like a, a hot potato uh, and, uh, and brought in Wolfie. You know Eddie's son, which I get the you know the incestuousness of that uh, but uh it's just weird and you know, and uh, Mike Anthony has a place he was in both Van Halen's, the Van Halen and Van Hagar. he's the bass player, that's a true reunion. there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the band except Eddie's craziness, I think that's what it comes down to and and Alex you know Alex's loyalty to his brother. So, understandably, but, you know, they didn't even talk to Michael Anthony. It's having sad, really. Let's see. Do I have time for one more question? Maybe I do. Let me see if I do. Looking through the list here, there's so many. Uh, there's one. Well, uh, D-Med wants to know the biggest lies in the music industry. That's a show in and of itself. Um, uh, <clears throat> oh, here's the last one. It says, uh, you know, um, what's the difference? This comes from Brennan Beat. What's the difference between touring now now and touring the 80s and 90s? Let me tell you something. Kevin Dubrow verbalized it very well. He said, you know, back in the day, there was a sense of imminent danger at every show. Like something could go really wrong at any moment. The crowd... Was electric, the bands were electric, backstage, everybody was on edge. And, you know, and there's this, this, this sense, and many times, violence did break, break out, craziness did happen. You know, uh, I'm not pro violence, although I've been a part of a lot of it, um, but it is part of the passion of rock and roll and the anger and frustration that was vented. By young people and by the bands, you know. Look, you see at at shows at young bands shows at the the the, this moshing and the, you know, and this I don't know what they call it, but the pits going on. It's it's powerfully violent. And Kevin Dubrow said, "Now you go backstage, everybody's eating healthy, they sobered up, a lot have their kids with them, it's like a family affair, it's nice and it's friendly, it's happy, it's it's not." Rock and roll. And it's not. I mean, I like it the way it is. Uh, I'm, I, you know, uh, you, you, you go through that period of being an angry young man and hope that one day you won't be so angry at the world anymore. And I'm not. I'm not angry at the world guy anymore. But that's the major change. Kevin Dubrow put his uh, – and may rest in peace. And by the way, watch uh, the Quiet Riot documentary. Um, he put his finger right on it. And he said, there's no threat. There's no sense of imminent danger anymore. It's too damn family friendly. And it's like that in the audience as well. So, um, anyway, there you have it. I want to thank, all. a lot more questions were sent, were were tweeted to me, and uh, I tried to get to some of them. I want to thank you all. Uh, Next time you hear from me, I'm going to probably be, I don't know, somewhere else in Europe, uh, and maybe I'll do war stories next week. But until next time, have a great week, everybody. Spread the word. There's a new sheriff in town. His name's D. Snyder. He's got a podcast. It's Snyder Comments. See you next time. Stay tuned for the latest AP news headlines from Podcast One right after this. When shopping for car insurance, consider this. GEICO has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to geico.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. AP Update. I'm Sandy Kozell. Polls are opening across New Hampshire for the nation's first presidential primary, And that means it's time for Granite State undecided voters to make a choice, as we hear from the AP's Jerry Bodlander, Voters here in New Hampshire are known for waiting until the last minute before deciding who they're pulling the lever for or changing their minds about who they're supporting. Gloria Fields is choosing between Donald Trump and Jeb Bush. Trump, because of his business ability. Bush because of what he has done in Florida. Field says she may not decide who she's supporting until she's in the voting booth. All this uncertainty makes polling more difficult, and on top of that, independent voters can vote in either the Republican or Democratic primary. Jerry Bodlander, Manchester, New Hampshire. Poll show Clinton trailing Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. She started her day at 7 a.m. at a Manchester polling location. AP Update, I'm Sandy Kozell.